Hello everybody, this is a Discord conversation. My name is Job and today my guest is Sam Adams. Uh, hey Sam, what brings you to the Discord? Well, I, I should say that Adams is technically my middle name. Uh, my last name I won't repeat just for whatever shred of privacy I still have. But of course. Um, but uh, so, sure. So I don't know what brings me to Discord. I don't know. You seem like a nice guy to talk to. Uh, so I'm excited to to have a conversation with you and see where it goes. I'm not sure if I had like a particular burning topic or subject on my mind from the get go. Okay. Uh, I was hoping you had one um, because. You... <laughs> Usually what happens is I ask people how they came to the Discord and from there a conversation follows. But you've been with us for, for quite a while. Sure. You, how, how long do you think you've been a member? I think I was one of the early members of the Discord server. I think I was on here within a week or so of it getting going. So what, um, what do you think of so it? So I guess, uh, well, I think it's really fun. Um, my wife maybe thinks I think it's too fun, yeah. um, but I'm probably not the only one who has that problem. Um, I feel like it has been an excellent opportunity for having conversations that I can't imagine how they otherwise would have been possible. Could you, could you name um, something? Actually, you know, come to think of it, I actually... I actually did have something that I wanted to talk to you about, Joe. Sure. Um, I, I was forgetting that. So, although, and this, I don't know if uh, your recent uh, change to being comfortable daring to call yourself a Christian will affect this or not. Um, <laughs> we'll but see. I was wondering, like, what you thought about, um, you know, what it means, what what role propositional belief has in all of this right so if if you remember like anyone listening to this i would you know point you to the the first conversation that i had with um paul but uh i you know struggle <laughs> with you know being a heretic or classified as a heretic in that i can't come around to agree with all the tenets of sort of mainstream uh, lowercase o orthodox Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, even though I often do want to be a part of it and belong to it. And up until recently, I thought that that was sort of a problem that we shared. Um, and maybe it's even more interesting to hear from you what it's like to sort of change on some of those propositional things. I would say maybe giving a little bit more background to the question, a little bit more resolution. Like we spend a lot of time, I feel like on the Discord server and Paul makes this point and Jordan Peterson makes this point is that, um, that you know, there's a lot more to what we believe than what we say, right? Like just saying, oh, I believe this or, oh, I don't believe this. There's actually a lot more hidden layers sort of in our encoded in our behavior and subconsciously in our mind and all sorts of things like that, 
that what we say we believe and what we think we believe is really just a small slice of the puzzle, sort of that kind of rider and the elephant division that we talk about. And so I feel like the pendulum has swung kind of in this, you know, sort of conversation arena towards focusing on that. But sometimes I feel like we've maybe neglected what exactly is going on at sort of the propositional level, what is going on at the writer level that sometimes it seems like, no, I can't quite say that I believe that or or I don't think that I agree with that, you know, that, and how does that relate to religious communities belonging to Christianity and those sorts of things? Oh, that is such a difficult question. Um... Right. Because yeah. so I guess my question is for you is up until I don't know, it sounds like maybe a couple days ago, you weren't comfortable saying that you were a Christian, yet you you'd been going to church for a while and and you liked it and, and you liked being part of the community and going to the services and all those sorts of things. And um, but yet there was part of you that was like, you know, I still don't believe in God. I, I still don't call myself a Christian. Like what part of us is that? And how do we know that about ourselves? And is that something that we're just describing that we feel is true about ourselves? Or is that something that we're deciding? You know, I, I still don't feel like I have this like fully hammered out. Well, neither do I. <laughs> I, I think an important part is that I, I don't understand any of this. I mean, going by the questions I have, and I love this community where I can just say, hey, does anyone have time to go with me in a voice channel and we can kind of talk about the subject because people hop in and then other people hop in. I love that. Now, on the whole understanding and propositional knowledge part, if, if I've paid correct attention to myself, it seems to be more of a after the fact thing as far as I can tell. Like a couple of days, I just started noticing that certain things didn't bother me anymore. Like I could just think about them without that sort of irritating me that I didn't understand it entirely. Um, how, how do I explain that? At some point, I just woke up and I had this idea that, you know, you should probably start calling yourself a Christian by now, given all the stuff you've been doing. And then I kind of reason with myself, should I? Well, can I? And if I don't get a, usually you get the little voice, your own voice, your conscience says, no, you shouldn't. I had the same thing with becoming a member of the church that I had been visiting for about a year as a guest. Eventually, I, I remember that very well. I was standing in the shower in the morning, getting ready for church. And I kind of had this feeling like, yeah, you, you should probably become a member now. Like, okay. So I kind of listened to that. Maybe that's, that's, maybe that's what Socrates meant when he says, I will always listen to that voice. Now, I'd already noticed that the resurrection didn't form a problem for me anymore. Resurrection was a huge hang-up. I just couldn't get over that mm -hmm. idea. Like mm -hmm. people don't people don't come back from the dead. And I knew I had a dogma. It's not like I really had an issue with that. But eventually I through a bunch of reading and discussions here on the Discord I noticed that, well, it actually was a better explanation than I had that I had for 
the church than anything else, especially the early church and how the movement started and the way the creeds formed and the way the stories formed. A discussion and even maybe some kind of argumentation kind of maybe helped shift you on that, you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, certain people were particularly, let's say, argumentative uh, towards me re regarding the resurrection and, and, and other parts of, of Christian dogma uh, or doctrine, let's say. So it's not so much that I feel I've reasoned myself into it. It's more of a slow subconscious digestion of the things I have learned. And eventually I kind of, that kind of changes me. And then I wake up and I kind of notice that little change. And there, there, it, it happens very, it happens very slowly. Like the whole Paul van der Klee video I watched that totally changed the way I thought about God. That was that was like being being poked in the head instead of slow metabolization of of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So so as far as the whole propositional knowledge goes, I don't know, man. I mean. It's like today I'm still wondering because um, I was listening to a, a video by Bishop Barron and uh, the other guy that Bishop Barron talks to. You know, they do the video series together. Uh, yeah. and, they're, and they're talking about the devil. And I just, I can't wrap my head around that because, well, maybe my interpretation of the devil is wrong. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I mean, sure, it's not like, it's not that weird Catholic... Sorry, Andres. It's it's not that um, that strange adaptation of the god Pan, I think, with the horns and the and the goat, the goat shape, kind of a satyr. Well, maybe maybe the way that God is is the embodiment of of the 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 being and the good. Maybe the, the Satan is the anti-image of that, or I don't know. So, look, look. I'll tell you this. There are days when I wonder I should just close my account on the Discord and run far, far away and stop dealing with all this weird religious <laughs> stuff. Just leave it the hell alone. <laughs> and then I think, no, no, because I'm doing way better. And, I, and, and you yeah. can see that in my second video with Paul Vanekley where I'm like, I have no idea what's happening to me, but I'm doing so much better. So... I, yeah. That, that whole, I want to go back where I knew <laughs> I what a, I had. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I have a fond uh, memory of that video. I was on a family vacation in Sweden. And my wife and my daughter and I, my daughter was less than old at that point. Um, were, we, we went to Sweden a couple days ahead of the rest of my family so that we could get more time adjusted right? Because a baby's sleep schedule is a fragile thing. Mm. My sister lives in Germany, so she she was already on the same time zone or one or two time zones away. But anyway, so my wife and I and our daughter went there a couple days ahead of my parents, and we rented like a small Airbnb in the countryside north of Stockholm, uh, kind of near Uppsala. And my daughter wasn't sleeping like at all. So I remember one time at like 2.30 or 3 in the morning, 
I got in our rental car and just started driving around because that's one of the ways that we could get her to fall asleep. So I was like driving around in Sweden in like the, and because it was summer and sun rises so early that far north, it was already starting to be sunrise, even though it was like 2.30 in the morning. And there were like, it was very foggy and there were deer and rabbits hopping around. And I was listening to your conversation with Paul Vanderclay. And for some reason, every time I think of you, I think of driving around in the fog of the early Swedish morning, hoping <laughs> and praying my daughter will fall asleep. <laughs> wow, that's... For whatever that's worth. That That's an interesting <laughs> way of... of knowing that somebody listens to my rants at poor Pastor Vanderclay. Was that the first one? Either the first or the second one. I okay. think it might have been the second one. Um, yeah. Because I think I remembered your early earlier conversation. And I just remember thinking that you were just a fascinating dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, because... So, did you did you run to Paul because of Jordan Peterson? Yeah, I I had started. I'd actually I don't mean to be too hipster, but I've been listening <laughs> to Jordan Peterson before he got famous. Uh huh. Um, and I I remember like I just searched in YouTube one time like lecture Kierkegaard because you know I was at work or something and wanted to listen to a lecture about Kierkegaard and wanted it to be like an hour or more long. And so, you know, I ran this search and after I'd listened to two or three of the other choices, one of the choices was one of um, Jordan's uh, um, lectures in his personality class, one of his University of Toronto classes. And I was like, I'm not sure what a psychologist has to say. I would prefer a theologian or a philosopher, but we'll give this a whirl. And I remember thinking like halfway through that this was like just the most engaging professor I'd ever heard. And I had had plenty of real life professors and listened to plenty of online stuff already. I was like, man, this guy's just fascinating. So I started at the beginning of his class and started listening to the whole thing. And about partway through that, there was some video that he put out about some Canadian legislation. I'm like, why would I care what he thinks of Canadian Ontario provincial law? Um, turned out that was the Bill C-16 stuff. And so like, by the time I got to the end of the class, he was starting to become famous. It was kind of funny. And then when he started doing the biblical series, I was of course very captivated. And then shortly after that, YouTube pointed me towards Paul. I remember thinking, listening to the biblical series, like, man, there needs to be some Christians who know about what's happening here. There's going to be all of these confused and intrigued people. And, and there needs to be someone giving kind of at least something closer to a more standard Christian explanation of these things and connecting it to something other than just YouTube videos sure. and like worrying and thinking like, man, who, who could do that? What, what's going to happen? And then I watched Paul's video and I was like, man, this guy seems like the right guy. <laughs> So, yeah. So that was yeah. sort of how I found that. So that and, is uh, something. And then the rainbow conversation. So, so yeah, that's sort of my backstory of how I wandered onto uh, into uh, PDK land. Right. Right. 
it, it is it is also interesting how this happened so i'm gonna get this wrong but there's a small community uh that's it's like 25 years old and it started out as a mail serve list for uh christian reformed church members and paul's one of the members and he mentioned it once and i used my internet sleuthing skills to also sneak my way in there um so it's, it's basically a mailing list but it's this wonderful community of, of pastors of all sorts and 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 people around them and people involved with the crc and i've noticed that well what they've said is yeah you know we 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 miss when paul was here all the time and when basically those long YouTube videos he makes were just these long email rants on that, that mailing list. And, and there was this, this beautiful email thread about that. And I I read that and I, and I I thought to myself, yeah, but you know, imagine if he hadn't because, and I wrote a response to this list saying, well, he showed up exactly at the right moment for me because I'd just been getting into Peterson and noticing that I was starting to improve significantly on a mental basis but also that i was starting to get interested in christianity and i had no idea what to do with myself and suddenly there's paul and he explains it to me so you know Mm -hmm. i said well it's selfish of me but i'm really happy that he started to do the youtube things that he did and that john van donk basically schemed him into doing that and you know it's 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 their losses is our gain and you know given given how that community has formed and how all this discord is forming it's still in such a short time it's it's still amazing to see how this all has happened i remember thinking so like i i grew up in in a denomination that taught you know six day or something close to six day creationism and Taught, you know, that evolution and Darwinism was uh, something of a boogeyman. Mm. And, um, and I, you know, sort of changed my mind on that in college, you know, maybe kind of slowly during my freshman and sophomore year at college, you know, taking more rigorous biology classes and, and really just sort of thinking about it. And, and that left me a little bit estranged from where I'd come from, because I knew I could t- never tell my home pastor that I had changed my mind about that, because that would be, you know, the, a bridge too far in his mind. And my dad and I have argued about it ever since. And, you know, I don't think I've changed his mind just yet, but, uh, you know, give it a couple more decades and I think I'll win him over. Um, and I remember, like, in America, there's this sort of weird divide where there's liberal Christians who are totally fine with evolution, or liberal, I'll stick this to Protestants. Uh, there are liberal Protestants who are totally fine with evolution, but I have a lot of other disagreements in terms of their theology and their understanding of the Bible, et cetera. And then there's sort of the conservative uh, Protestants who often don't believe in evolution. I felt kind of caught between those two things. And Jordan Peterson, of all people, was someone like the way he talks about the Bible and about evolution. And I really wish, like, there's a lot to learn here. It's like blowing my mind, you know, thinking about, mm. and it's like, 
how biology connects with archetypes and how archetypes affect our understanding of stories and like yeah. his treatment of Adam and Eve and all that stuff. Like that was, that was the stuff where I was like most interested and engaged and really learning from Peterson was like that sort of stuff. And, um, and I was like, man, you know, I, this is all well and good, you know, learning this Peterson stuff, but it's not connecting to my everyday religious life like at all. Um, in fact, it seems to be leading me in an even more separated direction from, from my community. Uh, and, and I feel like Paul has sort of helped rein that in. Because Paul and I could agree on many things, and Paul's also um, sort of, you know, fine with the evolutionary union story type stuff, and the, the Jordan Peterson takes on that. Mm. So I, I feel like that's that's another thing that's been been really helpful is helping me sort of integrate that stuff back into my faith and see lived examples of that. I still, of course, have the issue. Like right now, I'm going to a church that is in many ways really good, but I have, of course, the, the Trinity stuff that, that separates me from it and prevents me from being able to become a member because to become a member, I have to sign a statement of faith, which would have multiple points on it that I disagreed. And my current church is also probably mostly full of evolution deniers. Really? Uh, and kind of, yeah, more creationist type stuff. Oh, boy. And so... It's like there's this whole list of subjects that I can't talk about, right? But they're letting me take communion, and there's lots of other things that I do like about it, and lots of other things that I do agree with, and I have a huge respect for the pastor. But the sort of PVK, Jordan Peterson stuff is just like not at all connected with, say, what I talk about it in my Bible study, with the people in my Bible study, or what I hear from the pulpit or any other conversations I would have with members of the church. So it still feels like there's this weird whole other mental realm that I can't bring with me to my current church. Yeah, strange. no, I get that. You know, it's, it's like how, uh, how Jonathan Peugeot, Peugeot says, you know, this symbolism, I, I, I talk about this here, nowhere else. Because, well, then everybody gets that or is interested. Right. I, mean, I, I go to a Bible uh, study. Although I was, I was at a... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was saying I, I go to this Bible study group. It's, it's kind of a, a man's discussion group. Uh, it's a, a bit more of a conservative church that I go to right now. I would say a lot of them aren't too happy about evolution either and, and many other things. But, I mean, they can, the, the, the leaders there, the, the pastors, kind of have to reel me in sometimes because I go on these tangents, sorry, on philosophy and, and stuff I've heard from Viveki or from Paul or, or JP. And, yeah, it's, it's a different world. It's, it's, it's stuff I can easily um, discuss here and maybe, maybe with my own pastor, but it kind of ends there. Right. And that's, that's one of the other things I love about the Discord is it helps make it a little bit more participative, right? YouTube videos, you can leave comments and interact with people. Mm. Um, but that's, you know, it's, uh, the abilities of that are a little bit limited. 
And so having having this community here full of people who are, it, it's strange, like we have so much in common, right? Which is what brings us all to the Discord server instead of spending our time doing something else. But yet everyone is also so different. Like that's what's crazy to me is first of all, the international appeal of this whole thing, like you and a, a whole bunch of the other people. And, but then even like say me and Esther, who in some ways are kind of pretty similar in a lot of ways, more than she would like to admit, but <laughs> yet even then her and I still have really big differences. So, but yet we have the similarity of liking to talk about these things and probably not having much other opportunity to do so. Yeah. Well, you got to be kind of open to that as well. Like, you know, my, my church study group lets me rant and rave and I'll listen to them all about their ideas. That's a large part of it. But I mean, I, I still prefer, like, I love the Discord and love this community and, and the way that these people come together. But I still way rather do it in person, in in a space or on a walk or... yeah. You, uh, or maybe uh, yeah. maybe while while cooking a dinner together and then eating together, so yeah. I'm kind of trying to do that with my church. There's there's a go ahead. There is a there's a Chicago area meetup that's going to meet for the first time a week from today, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Hopefully it will have sort of a, enough of a critical mass to keep going. And it won't just be like three or four of us, the first meeting or something like that. Um, but, but that should be pretty exciting. Um, mm. Jonathan Peugeot was here in Chicago over the weekend. And like, speaking of what you're saying, Jonathan, you know, has said like, oh, I only talk about the symbolism stuff in person with like my brother. I never bring it up in church. But yet Saturday evening, I was in a church with Jonathan full of people who regularly attend that <laughs> church who love hearing him talk about symbolism and Christian art and Kanye West. Um, so, and what was also cool is I met some people who might be going to the Chicago area meetup uh, at that event. So it was really encouraging to start to have it be in the flesh, right? Like sure. I saw Jonathan, oh, I met him, I shook his hand, you know, he's shorter than I expected, um, but his hair is just as flowy as I expected. Um, I think Rachel Fulton Brown, who's, you know, one of these other characters in the, in the kind of whatever corner of the internet this is, she was there too. She's apparently a professor at the University of Chicago, I didn't know that. Huh. And so it was, it was just interesting. Because uh, you could look around the room and you could see there was, you could pretty much easily identify, oh, you're here because this is your regular church and you just go to all of these meetings. Oh, you're here because you're some rando from the internet <laughs> who watches Jonathan Peugeot videos and right. has never set foot in church before and probably won't ever again. Um, so... So that, so that was, I don't know, it's just cool having it be in, in the real world. And I'm excited and hopeful that our, our meetup here can really get going. And I would really love if other people had more of that sort of thing available to them too. I'm grateful for, for Joey and all the work that he and other people are doing to help facilitate that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and and it all started in these YouTube comments. That's that's just the weirdest thing. But I mean, I've I've considered trying to pull off some Jordan Peterson slash Meaning Crisis meetup over here. I don't know. That just maybe in a bigger city. Yeah. And on the other hand, it's kind well, of. Well, uh, so here's kind... the thing, Joe. So the Netherlands is not like the biggest country on planet Earth. Nah. And I almost feel like you guys could have a Netherlands area meetup. So the Chicago area meetup that I'm going to be going to is like an hour and 20 minutes from my house. I live in the Chicago suburbs and this meetup's in the Chicago suburbs, but the Chicago suburbs are a very big place. Like from, I looked at this before I talked with you because I figured this might come up. From the northern tip of the Chicago suburbs to the southern tip is further away than Rotterdam is from Amsterdam. So I feel like you could have just like another land meetup and you guys need to suck it up and realize that you're actually not that far apart from each other by American standards. Okay, and, I, uh, we, we will we will have, now we, we will now discuss Dutch road saturation problems. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. No, but I mean, um, the, but yeah, the, I mean, I'm sure that if I would organize a Jordan Peterson meetup in Rotterdam, a bunch of people would show up. Mm-hmm. And maybe I could do that a couple of months. I mean, I organize a meetup yeah. now. It's about digital accessibility. You know, maybe maybe it's 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 you know every month, every other month. It's about forty people show up. But I kind of know these people, and uh, it's it, right. the accessibility community is a pretty pretty friendly bunch. Overall, we all just want to make the web better. I have no idea what yeah. shows up. If I'm going to be running a Jordan Peterson meetup group, I have no idea what what sort of attention that's going to draw. So, yeah, I'm I'm not doing it kind of out of concern for myself and no, basically just myself. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll do it someday, but. I mean, I also think that conventions and retreats could be a fun thing that's been talked about. And I think that I think that there's one I'm not able to go to it. I think that there's one that's happening um, in New England at his at, at Paul's sister is his sister's retreat or something in Connecticut or, or Vermont or something. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah they've got the, the Clayton so, convention. Mm-hmm. So, so that'll be interesting to hear how that goes but it would be cool that seems like it's kind of geared towards a small group it would be interesting to to have something like where if we could get Verveke and Peugeot and Paul all in the same place definitely and have sort of a, a bigger thing um, that would be that would be interesting too whether that was Toronto or who knows where yeah and um I'd I'd like to visit um, Frank, Frankfurt. Yeah, go ahead. You'd like to visit Frankfurt? 
Yeah, uh, there's there's a couple of people there who I'd like to meet and uh, sort of do an in-face meet, to, uh, a face-to-face meeting from some people on the Discord. Because I mean, if you kind of know the people, that already really helps. It's it's more of not knowing, as an organizer at least, not knowing who shows up. Like as an attendee, yeah, you're you're not gonna know some people, but. Uh, you know, two or three, right? If there's like you know that kind of small core backboning the thing it could probably work yeah yeah perhaps uh frankfurt has a big airport i've flown through frankfurt a number of times it feels like it's almost impossible to get to europe without flying through frankfurt or amsterdam oh yeah i take the train it's like four hours by train so that's that's easy for me now i am working on something bigger with planting or, or, or advising Peterson meetup groups on the west coast of the United States. But I'm not entirely sure how, how definitive that is. But that's going to be interesting if that's sure. going to work out. Because I take it you're yeah. on the east coast. And yeah, another Chicago question. is east coast. No, Chicago is no coast. Uh, it's in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, uh, okay. Well, we're on Fair the enough. coast of Lake. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, the, I, another question that, like, I talked with Joey and some of the other people about this is like, are we hosting Jordan Peterson meetups or are we doing something else? And if we're doing something else, how do we? brand that or market that in a way that communicates what it is to people who might be interested. Mm. Like obviously Jordan Peterson is kind of a, a brand or a draw in and of itself, but is that exactly the definition of what we're doing and what we want to be sort of centering the group on? Yeah. Andrea says meaning meetup. And I think that, that's good. Although someone who isn't, you know, following all this stuff might be like, meaning what? Uh, well, but... I, I, like, I, I don't see how you couldn't have a meetup where you say, okay, you know, you, you organize it in advance and you say, for this edition, we're going to discuss, let's say, episode 20 of uh, For Fake East, The Meaning Crisis, or uh, Paul's video where he talks about the system of systems, or, I don't know, something somebody read in some... French postmodernist book and and you know like like Sartre's mm-hmm. ideas and their effect on the meaning crisis and the Western world or a book club on Dominion like there's so many yeah. things you can do right definitely right. Don't so, need to focus so having on JP. it be topical and have that be yeah mm-hmm. is uh, Jeff asked is it helpful if no one has seen read whatever is being discussed? Well, yeah. And then it sort of becomes like there's homework, right? You, you have to, you have to come prepared. Whereas it sounds like Paul's meetups, there is no prep or homework. They just show up and start talking and it works. Sure. But I mean, if like the, uh, maybe I misinterpreted the question, but I thought it was like, what, what are we organizing? Is this a, a, Jordan Peterson meetup, well, it doesn't need to be, but then you kind of got to have something mm-hmm. else to talk about. And Right, and you also have to have something like if you're literally doing it through meetup.com, it has to have a title and a description, 
Mm. And if it's not a Jordan Peterson meetup, then what's your title and what's your description and how do the people you want to find out about it, find it. So, so there's all those questions. Sure. Um, so anyway, like, I feel like we got off track a little bit. We got a little bit practical or something like that. So oh. back to propositional belief. I think <laughs> I got us off track when I told the okay. reading story. That's fine. Um, but so, so propositional belief, right? Or uh, what's that, you know, what's that form of knowing called? Is it prop, propositional knowing? Yes, that's what it's called, according to Rubicki's four P's of knowing. Mm. So you, you kind of made it sound like your change from daring not say you're a Christian to now even more daringly saying that you are a Christian um, was sort of like a slow erosion of uh, stumbling blocks, but with a couple accentuated stabs from uh, points of view that you hadn't heard or considered before. Would that be an accurate way of describing it? I think so, but a, a an important factor in that is that I was also increasingly unable to leave it alone, like I wanted to. Uh-huh. Who, who wants to deal with this? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I now I'm just gonna yeah. you know do something else. Like, no, you should probably keep reading this stuff. Go read Keller or whatever. Or go watch a video or go yak on the Discord. Like, okay, I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, like an unable to let this go ness. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I have that feeling, Trinity, currently, that like I just, it, it's just meaningful and engaging to, uh, to keep going on this subject. And even if I don't know where it's going, right, I just feel like I need to keep going. And that's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like what I said yesterday in the voice chat. I could find out 10 years from now it's all horseshit. Okay, well then for 10 years, I okay. did way right. better than I ever did before. So it's kind of a Pascal's wager thing. Yeah. It's yeah, a, it's, but a Pascal's wager of what? Okay, yeah, so right. maybe it's just what, more of a wager. Maybe it? it's more of a wager. <laughs> yes. Or what, you know, so in Pascal's wager, he says it's something like almost like a utilitarian happiness, right, of, of what you should, the reason, what, what you're wagering to gain, right? But you're saying you can't let this go because, uh, well, you know, some of your symptoms of depression or whatever were relieved, but, but what was it that you were gaining, right? What, what is it that kept drawing you in the, the direction? Was it meaning? Was it purpose? Was it more pleasure, less pain? What 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 was the the thing that you were wagering to gain? I that's a hard question. I've asked myself that. The closest I can get is that it's a a worldview I wanted to have. Uh huh. Uh huh. Which gave me other problems uh, because it felt sort like of I was. Like hope. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, the issue that that gives is that at times I feel like I'm lying to myself, you know, like it's wishful thinking. So. Okay. 
That's all I got, man. Huh. So just some sort of like deep, almost indescribable compulsion, or it's like almost something antecedent to pleasure. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Or a, a, it's, a, uh, uh, you know, uh, interacting with it is better than not interacting with it. it seems. Right. It's sort of like, I don't know. I, you know, kind of Rene Girard sort of, you know, what we desire to imitate. It's like, so when, you know, imagine Halloween's tomorrow, right here in the U S so lots of, you know, prepubescent boys across the country will decide what they're going to dress up as tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them will pick something that they admire, right? Like they'll pick their favorite sports hero or a Marvel comic book superhero or something along those lines or an astronaut or who knows what, right? But it's like they, they are taking the opportunity to get to dress up and pretend that they are sort of the person that they most admire um, or thing that they most admire. And, and that's sort of like this desire to imitate, which is sort of like coming from, you know, what it is, you know, it's like, what is the thing inside a 10 year old boy that's deciding what it admires, right? It's sort of not like no 10 year old boy could ever give a, you know, super long articulated explanation that perfectly articulates what it is they do and don't admire. It's just like they know it when they see it, right? Mm. Like, oh, yeah, man, you know, my favorite football player, he's a really good football player, and he's also a good guy off the court or off the field. And, yeah, I just want to be like that. And that might even be more sophisticated than they could articulate. It's like subconscious or, or, or pre-verbal, the desire that picks who it is that they want to imitate but when they're imitating it, there's just something that feels right. And I think that, that something like that, that how a 10-year-old boy picks who they're going to dress up as for Halloween is something similar to what happens in conversion, like religious conversion, like the thing that you're perhaps going through or have gone through is like you just see something and you can also, you see it externally, perhaps in other people like Paul or Tim Keller or whoever, but you also start to begin to experience what it's like to be that from the inside, not just viewing it from the outside, looking at someone. And that same sort of unarticulable desire to become that just like is, is this strangely fundamental compulsion, compulsion to go in that direction. Yeah, that that. Is that you know, sense? No, yeah, you articulate that well. I, I it makes me think of what uh, the math guy Eric said on on Paul's conversations, where I think uh -huh. he had similar ideas about admiration, and and that's what we point towards that that which we would like to be. Right. Right. But what's, where, where did that sense of admiration come from and how is it calibrated and how does that work? 
And why does it get to be so fundamental in shaping who we are? It's yeah, weird. It, it, it like, it like it's, it's like we admire a, a potential version of somebody. Like you should be more, you know, you should fulfill your potential. You're basically admiring a future version of the other person that doesn't yet exist. And yeah. it's, it's a weird thing. But, but yet it's something, it, it like needs examples too, right? It's not super imaginative, this, this you know, this, um, uh, you know, admiration um, uh, uh, machine or rec recognizer thing. It, it needs an example to, to know what to fix on, right? It either needs a, a role model in that person's life or maybe it's a fictional character, but, but it, it can't generate it for itself. It can't become who it wants to become without an example to point toward, seemingly. Mm. Right? Like people don't suddenly become Christians on deserted islands in the middle of nowhere who have no example of what a Christian is, right? We, we need both literal Christians uh, that are current human beings running around, and then hopefully even we get compelled by this Jesus person in the most deep and profound way. That's, I, I think that's true. I mean, and, and to a degree, it's also how uh, Jordan Peterson's self-authoring program works as far as the future authoring program works, where you shape a, you describe a potential role model for yourself, which is you in a future. So you, you create your own fictional role model basically like oh i'd really i'd really like to be able to you know run a run 10 10 miles okay well then you got something to work towards right and you could say well but yeah, that's still that, that that future ideal is still dependent on your knowledge of other people but then there is still something that makes you decide that those people are in a state that you would like to achieve. Now that might just be a built-in. I don't mm -hmm. know, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know if it, like, I actually be interested in, in psychological research on this. If there are people who see yeah. some, somebody yeah. who is clearly evil and, and murderous or, or doesn't have any friends, yet has money or doesn't have any friends yet has power, would they still want to be like that? Right. It, it does seem like something that it would be tricky, but does seem possible to, to investigate scientifically or something close to scientifically. To kind of reverse engineer the admiration machine. Yeah, yeah, and of course, yeah. you know, we're we're social creatures. So if you say, "Well, I'd really like to be, you know, like some 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 murderous villain," and the people around you say, "You shouldn't, because he sucks," or "You shouldn't, because that man has no moral compass," then well, they're likely going to influence you. So, or yeah. well, depend on well, that. Also, that just, it, that just begs the question. It just begs the question, why do those people in your social group have those opinions too? Well, right? sure. And, and uh, if you don't respect them, some of our admiration, 
if if yeah. you don't admire the people who try to influence you, you won't listen to them either. So it's 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 kind of right. like uh, right. it's kind of like a so, secu yeah, security sure. network. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. So, so you would you feel like you chose? deciding to say you're comfortable calling yourself a Christian or do you feel like it's something that you realized about yourself? No, definitely not a choice. Not a choice. Yeah. No. Antecedent to the will in some sense. It, it, yeah. it, it became what I, what I was like, there was a guy on Twitter who said someone had a, was tweeting about judgment and Christianity and sin. And I, I decided to DM him and I said, well, you know, as a Christian, I wrestle with sin all the time and I'm, I'm painfully aware of how much I sin. And I kind of didn't even notice that I was writing that in that sense. It just kind of was what I wrote down and I read it back. I'm like, well, I guess that's that. So do you feel like your sense of it not being a choice is influenced by the fact that Paul is a Calvinist? <laughs> that's a joke. A trick question. Um, <laughs> um, so, or, or the fact that you're Dutch. Uh, so, so yeah, I think I think I agree with you. I I've obviously I grew up Christian, right? Grew up in a Christian household. I've always gone to church. Have have never had a period of time where I I drifted away from the faith or anything like that. But I I've had times where it felt like I came close to losing my faith. But, but yet I didn't, and there almost seems like there might have been times where I would have wished it away, sort of like you said, you know, to, you know, shut down your Discord account and just run away from this whole thing. I feel like there's times where I felt that too, but the desire to remain was something that I felt like I didn't choose, right? Like I've had like a miraculous lack of deconversion or something like that. An unwillful lack of not losing my faith. And that's the closest that I can relate to for what it would feel like for someone to come into the faith but not feel like they chose it. Like I feel like I didn't choose not leaving. Mm. No. Um, so, so I guess. So we kind of talked about this on the Discord the other night. Right, so you're not going to get rebaptized. I don't even know if my church does that. They probably don't. If if they're Calvinists, they probably actually wouldn't allow that. If you had already gotten baptized in that denomination. Look, 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 Sam. Okay, so <laughs> I go to a Protestant church, and I I use a Catholic prayer app to pray and then i use a rosary to help me focus because the, the 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 cessation of touching <laughs> the beads helps me concentrate and then i don't know i really like reading augustine and i don't know i'm i'm just grabbing stuff <laughs> left and right that feels like it's helping so pragmatic uh ecumenical whatever works 
uh, kind of a, buffet salad. Uh, I don't know, man. Catholicism really draws me, but but then I would have to switch churches, and I really like the one I'm at. But I I kind of want to go try out the Catholic Church at Church of Town. It's a tiny, tiny little church. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, what were we talking about? Uh, I miss, no, oh, right, yeah, the baptism. To me, okay, this is going to sound weird, and maybe that's because I'm so new to all this, but it just seems like a technicality to me. It's like, yeah, it's just some ritual. But then why am I so terrified of taking communion if I'm not ready for it? Which by now, by the way, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to take communion this Sunday if all goes well. But This so I'm not, Sunday, I, in five days, will yeah. be your first retaking of communion or maybe your first ever taking of communion? No, first retaking. Uh, but first retaking. Uh, so I'm not consistent. That's a big that deal, sense. Joe. So, so here's here's why I want to want to say to you about that. So I feel like you coming back to a church and taking communion for the first time is a huge deal. That's what it feels like, like. That is really cool and really exciting. And like there are passages I could point to that say that the angels are in heaven having a celebration over the fact that just you, Job, are coming back to the church and participating for the first time in however long it's been. So I feel like there needs to be some like like you saying I, I'm not saying that you need to get rebaptized because I, I understand your church probably wouldn't do that. But there needs to be something. Because it, it's sort of like, it would be like a cohabitating couple being like, oh, yeah, I guess we're, you know, we're pretty serious now, right? We've been doing this for a while and, you know, we're serious, but we're not going to do anything. Whereas like having a wedding, you know, marks the seriousness of the occasion. It like stamps it in your mind as this was the date it all changed. It tells you and your family and all your friends like, hey, we're in this new category now and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all the pomp and circumstance and cake and dancing and drinking, et cetera, sort of helps kind of cement that. And, you know, I'll even use a Catholic word in like a sacramental kind of way. I feel like there needs to be something for you to mark this occasion for how serious and important it is. And I don't know what that would be other than baptism. That would likely be confirmation. Confirmation. Yeah. So also, I feel like we need to throw you a party. <laughs> I don't know how, how we would do that. Uh, but um, I don't know. I feel like th this is like, this is a big deal. I don't know, and, man. And you doing this, will, it means a lot to a lot of us that have been watching and hearing your story, whether we heard your story driving around in Sweden at dawn or wherever it is that we were listening to it, there's a lot of us that care about you and this means something. And there's also a lot of people watching and listening that um, who might not be Christians yet who see what you're doing and it will be messing with their admiration complex to maybe wonder if they should do the same thing. Hmm. Well, that's that's being. And I, I don't know. That, 
that there needs to be something that 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 um, that that marks the importance of this, I, and I don't know what that is, no, no, both no, for you no, and no. all of us who care about it. No, I, I that's a, a, I appreciate that, Sam. But the last thing I want to do is make a big deal out of this because I'm just kind of doing what what feels right. I'm and and I don't even know if I'm doing it right. So. I'm just trying to see if I'm still of this opinion a month from now. Let's go from, from there. Because if we do a big party where Job is converted and Job took communion, oh God, no, I could never take a step back. And I need to have that freedom to decide I'm wrong. And I don't know, man. It, I need it. Look. I could never have thought about close to two years ago now what would have happened because I, I, I looked up some video by some squeaky professor. But to then go to these uh, seemingly formative changes, that just doesn't seem right because I've been kicking and screaming the whole way and I'd rather kind of see how I do a month from now or two months from now or... Because I might just be fooling myself. I might just be telling myself things that aren't true. I have no idea. The, this is the, the most I'll push on you in this direction. Is that, that approach seems a little bit more to me like the couple who just slowly starts living together and never quite really talked about it or realized it instead of the couple that has the, the big wedding or something like that. Well, maybe I and have cold feet. I just want you to be consciously making that choice. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I just have marriage cold feet. No, honestly, my current plan for taking communion is to take the communion, try to not stress about it, and then see what happens afterwards. And... I mean, struck down by lightning. I warned you. Look, but, I didn't. Uh, I didn't combust into flames when I walked into church a year and a half ago. That went well. So here's here's the next stage. Yeah. I, I like to make jokes about this, but I I want to be very careful to not make big sweeping grand. I was you know I was lost, but now I'm found. Sort of statements because I have no idea if my belief is strong enough for that. And yeah. sorry, man, it's I, 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 I respect it. I respect it. I'm just I'm just probing you just the smallest amount. I'm not Esther. I'll I'll, I'll be gentler than that because, you know, there there's lots of people who think I probably shouldn't be allowed to take communion and I probably should have gotten struck down by lightning multiple times in my life by now. So I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to push that too hard. Oh, yeah, they should take the. Motor drone, I. Uh, yeah, I think you're about going to have into a meeting from what we discussed. Uh, uh, oh, ooh, ooh, it's twelve yeah. fifty-eight. Yeah, I've got a meeting, and and my boss will be there, and and uh, so so we should really wrap this up in about sixty seconds. Okay. Well, I love talking with you, Sam. I love talking with you too, Joe. Ben. 
I'm, I'm really encouraged by your story and I'm, I'm really excited for you. And I'm honored that I, I got to talk with you as right, as you're right in the middle of, of these decisions and transitions. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's circle back on this uh, a year from now and see, see how I do. And if your kid can't sleep, just put me on the All phone. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, 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 my, my daughter isn't sleeping. Could you just talk? It could be in Dutch or whatever you want. Just, just say something. Her voice puts her, your voice puts her to sleep. Yeah, exactly. That's what my wife says. Okay. Hey, uh, <laughs> Sam, have a great day, man. All right. You too. Pleasure talking with you. Bye-bye.